Welcome to Member Maker, a podcast about how to build a sustainable membership business. I'm your host, Ward Sandler, the co-founder of MemberSpace. Today, I'll be chatting with Alex Lawless, founder of GoalgettersGang.com, about transitioning from one-on-one coaching to a membership model, different marketing strategies to build your audience, and the importance of growing an email list. Hi, Alex. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So let's start off with uh, our usual question, which is if you just give a quick overview of your business for people that are listening. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you mentioned, I am Alex Lawless. I am a brand consultant and launch strategist over at Lady & Company Creative. I teach online service-based business owners how to create on-brand marketing strategies that feel fun and showcase their expertise to drive sales so that they can unlock the next level of freedom in their business and their life. So I started Lady & Company in 2017. I had my first 10K month just about five months after going full-time. And so now my mission is really to help other entrepreneurs market and sell their offers through action plans and strategic goal setting, mostly through my membership site um, so that they too can reach those 10K months. Very cool. So Mm -hmm. give me a quick uh, clarification. So you're focusing on marketing strategies. Is that that different than someone who who would call themselves a business coach? Yeah. I mean, I think that really the biggest thing that I focus on is growth strategies, right? So it's going to be things that are going to help them grow their email list or launch a product or, um, you know, get as many people into a webinar as possible. It's really more so like there's an end goal in mind and we're really focused on a project and creating an action plan to get them to their end goal of, you know, however many sales they want during that launch or however many people they want to convert in that webinar, you know, those sorts of things. Gotcha. And mm-hmm. these, these engagements that you're doing with people, are these just one-on-one and, and is, is it a fixed fee or is it like a recurring or how does the business model work? Sure. So, you know, Lady and Company has kind of two different business models. We have our one-on-one, which is really launch strategy. Um, it's going to be those bigger, you know, three-month projects that we work on together. But then we have Goal Getters Gang, which is our membership site. And that is helping people, you know, mainly online business owners to create 90-day plans in their business to reach whatever that growth strategy is that we're trying to implement in their business. Um, So that would be a monthly fee. I mean, of course, there's other payment plans where it's yearly or they pay a one-time, you know, kind of lifetime access thing. Um, But the launch strategy, the one-on-one is a monthly charge as well, but it's for a fixed amount of time. Understood. And and when you first started this, did you have both one-on-one and the goal-getters gang or or was it just one-on-one at first? Oh my goodness. No, that's, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, I actually started out as a graphic designer doing brand design and brand strategy. And so that was strictly one on one. And man, I burnt myself out hard doing that. And that's actually why I kind of switched gears and decided to go more so with the membership model. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that's something that we hear from a lot of people is they start off with a one on one and it goes, well, uh, and sometimes it goes in a sense too well because you get burnt out or, you know, you get so many clients that you get stressed out. And, you know, a lot of people would be dying to be in that, you know, have that good problem. But at the end of the day, it's still a problem, right? You need, you, you don't want your quality to slip. You don't want to get a bad reputation. You want to still be able to, you know, make money and, and, and ha- make a living. Um, but you want to do it in a way that's sustainable and you don't want to pull your hair out every day. So 
that's why we hear a lot of people transitioning to a membership model, which it sounds like you kind of came to the same conclusion. Yeah. Well, it was one was that I was getting super burnt out. You know, I had clients and I was, you know, I, I couldn't even work on my business. I couldn't market myself. I couldn't go out and find new clients because I was just so busy. But at the same time, the what I was offering my clients one-on-one was so intensive that I couldn't actually take on very many at a time. So I was in this space where I would get an influx of cash, right? I would get, you know, my clients for that quarter. And that would be really great for like the first month of the quarter. And then it was a three month plan that we were working on together. And that was, I mean, for the the next two months, I wasn't making any money. Um, You know, it was that first influx and then that was it. And so then I also didn't have any time to market myself to get new one-on-one clients. And I was like, something has got to change. You know, I, it, it was just... I needed something that was going to be a little bit more passive, definitely more more able to scale um, because I could only take on a few clients and and it wasn't working out for me on I was too busy and not making enough money for the amount of work I was doing for sure. Right. And something else we've heard from people is they are able to repurpose a lot of the work and what they've learned, what went right, what didn't go right with the one-on-ones and then use all of that to, to create the, the membership content. Right. Well, it was funny too, because I was sitting there with my, my one-on-one clients being so burnt out, dreading waking up, going to my office every single day, right? Which is so not how you want to feel when you are your own boss, right? <laughs> That's why people leave their, their nine to fives. And I was sitting there being so burnt out, but then also looking at my audience who I had this this audience of people that were constantly asking me questions, basically begging to work with me, but I didn't have an offer for them that they could afford. And so it was like all of the the stars aligned when I started thinking of a membership model because it was like, okay, I can get time back in my business to market my business. You know, I can scale this thing. I can use everything that I've been doing one-on-one and turn it into a membership, you know, take everything that I've been using, all of the worksheets. And I have like all of these Trello boards that I give my people in, in one-on-one that I was able to just put into this membership, like all of these things, right? That I had basically as templates for one-on-one I could put into the membership. But then I also was able to create something that my other audience members could afford as well. So it was like a win-win, win-win-win <laughs> across the board. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you when you first launched the Goal Getters Gang, which which is which is the membership side of this, what was the price and, and has it always been that price? Right. So when I was first creating Goal Getters Gang, my membership site, I I wanted to be sure that I could replace my rebrand intensive income and then some, right? have it be scalable. And when I was breaking some stuff down, my rebrand intensive for one client was $5,000 for the three months that I worked on them. And so I broke it down and I realized I only needed 24 members paying $67 a month to create a much more passive and scalable business model. And I would make the same in that three month period. But then, you know, those were recurring payments as well. So it actually would have ended up being more and it being scalable. I was the the potential was endless. And so I knew that my end goal was a $67 a month price. But before I launched it at that price, I did a beta round for 47 um, to get some people in, you know, that way I could send out surveys and make sure that this was actually something that people were going to bite at before I launched it to the public. 
the beta or like the early bird pricing that, that that's smart did you have like a limited number of people you let into that I didn't have a limited number of people I definitely had some goals in mind um, I I wanted to get you know somewhere around 20 25 people in at the beta round um, but I really just had like a cart open cart close period I had a one week period where people were able to purchase it at beta pricing with a discount code and then beyond that if people purchased later it would, would have been bumped up to the 67. Gotcha. And did you read about that somewhere, the idea of doing this beta period, or is that just an idea that popped up in your head? Honestly, it was just something that felt right. <laughs> um, because I knew the whole time that I wanted the $67 a month. I knew that that made sense when I broke it down to replace what I was making with my one-on-one clients. And so I was like, okay, but that's I mean, that's still a chunk of change to some people. And I want to make sure that this is actually something that people are going to want to purchase later on, right? And so I wanted to make sure that I had a group of people in in beta that then could kind of be like my cheerleaders when I launched it to the public. So I was like, how can I get some people in and get as many people in as I possibly can so that I have this group of, of people that can basically cheer me on and go tell their friends about it. And so I was like, let's just give them $20 off a month and we'll keep it at that. It sounded good at the time. (laughs) Yeah. So have you considered uh, adjusting that price in the future, like making it higher or lower? What kind of feedback have you gotten on the pricing? Um, You know, right now I haven't gotten much feedback, you know, with it being negative or positive. So I'm kind of waiting to just test it out and see, you know, we've, we've only been live for the public now for a couple of months. And so, I mean, definitely we got a bigger influx of people in during beta, but that's also because when I was launching beta, it was to my warmest leads and I can get into, you know, kind of my beta launch strategy if you want me to. Um, but I, I, I knew that was going to be the easiest yeses that I was ever going to get, right? So when you look at conversion rates for a beta round versus conversion rates to a cold audience, it's going to be so vastly different. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, let, let's dive into your your beta launch strategy or, or give us some feedback on how that was going. Yeah, absolutely. So really what I did is I just played off of all of the relationships that I had built with the audience that I already had. So, you know, previous to me launching Goal Getters, I was doing all of the things. I was doing blog posts. I was on social media. I had my email list, like, you know, like everybody tells you to do. And so I I was really capitalizing on the relationships that I built via those streams. And, you know, there's always those people that are going to be in your DMs every single time that you post an Instagram story, right? There's always this, the same people that are going to um, comment on your social media post or read that blog post or open that email. And, you know, all of those things and analytics are amazing. So you can kind of figure out who those people are. So what I did is I just got out my notebook and I wrote out a list of all of the people that I could possibly think that might be a potential customer. And I figured out how I was going to reach out to them, you know, whether that meant in an email or a DM on Instagram or, you know, what I actually ended up doing was sending a lot of my, my followers voice messages within the DMs on Instagram. So that way it had that extra personal touch. Right. And I told them all about my new membership site, told them everything that was included. I gave them the link and the discount code and told them when the beta pricing was going to be, you know, going away. And then I just kind of like, let it go. It was like, okay, that's good. I gave that to them on a Monday during my launch week. Um, the beta pricing was going to be going away on Friday. 
And the other things that I did was, um, you know, just I reached out to people on like, I did a regular like email blast to my email list again to my warm leads that are there. Um, you know, I did a Facebook live inside of my Facebook group. So again, to my warmest leads that I had. And I just let the relationship take the wheel because those people were already, if they weren't warm, they were hot, right? They were hot leads. They already knew who I was. They have been following me for, you know, who knows how long. Um, and they they know what I'm all about. There's already that no like and trust factor there. I didn't have to do Facebook ads or any sort of ad spend. I didn't have to create all of these crazy funnels and have a webinar and like all of this stuff because those people didn't need it, right? They already had a relationship with me and it was literally just me showing up to them saying, hey, I've been hearing you have these issues with your business and I've created this offer that can help solve that problem. Go check it out. Plus here's a discount code. Right. And why don't we back up a little bit? Because I still want to get some more context about how you built up the initial audience in the first place. So you had mentioned you were doing blogging, you were active on social media, and you had an email list. Could you just kind of break down like the very beginning stage of what did you do first and how did you get each of those started? Right. Well, I really believe it's all about knowing who your dream customer is first and then building an audience uh, like that's full of them with the strategic mar- marketing that is made for them. Because all of the marketing strategies in the world don't amount to anything if we aren't marketing in a way that truly attracts those that we know are perfect for our offer. So, you know, like you, like we said, you know, you're, you're constantly being told to be on social media and write the blog posts and use Pinterest and blah, 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 like all of the things. Um, but what if, you're on, what if your audience or your dream customer isn't reading blog posts? What if they're listening to podcasts instead of watching video, right? So if you know these things, then you know that any blog post or video that you put out actually isn't helping to grow your audience in a way that is helpful to you because they aren't actually those people that you are wanting to attract because you know that they need your offer. So first, you really need to learn your target market and then use what you know to be true about them and the content that they consume and use content marketing to get in front of them. So for you, when you like day one, where you said, you know, you had a zero audience and you're like, okay, I want to start this. What what was the first thing you did? Right. So, I mean, I think I, I did everything that, that everybody else does. You know, you you watch all of the, the webinars that you can and you read all the blog posts that you can and you just kind of throw spaghetti at the wall. Right. And um, I don't know if is it OK if I plug a free training that I have? Sure. Yeah. So I actually have a, a free training all about finding and attracting your dream customers. And so it kind of walks you through exactly what I did when I started actually figuring out what you were supposed to do, right? Once I threw spaghetti at the wall and realized that's not the correct tactic, you know, the ways in which you can actually do market research and figure out who these people are based off of their actual real life likes and interests, not just, oh, you know, this imagined person that we have in our head that's, you know, a woman between the ages of 25 and 30 and, you know, that has blonde hair and is wanting to start an online business, you know, like just the fluffy stuff that people create in their minds. Um, It's how to actually really figure out who they are and then how you can translate that information into marketing strategies. So that way you can, you can actually market to them in a way that's helpful to your business. Right. And I'm curious because we've heard some debate uh, when I've spoken to other guests regarding 
email lists and the, and their value versus social media followers, right? And, and I know they're two different things and you can certainly have both, but do you, in your opinion, do you think one of them is more valuable than the other? In my business, if I'm being completely honest, social media has been more valuable. Um, I think that if you utilize an email list correctly and consistently, it can absolutely be far better than social media if you're not on social media, you know, as consistently as you are in your email list. I think it's all about you as the business owner and what feels most organic in the way that you want to create those relationships. And if for you, you want to get kind of in the trenches with your people and be, you know, in the DMs on Instagram and all of those things, then that's what you should lean into. And that's what's going to work for you because it's what's feels right. But, you know, for somebody else, maybe they want to be a little bit more behind the scenes. They want to create some email sequences and make it a little bit more automated and not have to show up in real time. And that's what feels better to them. Then, of course, that's what's going to work better for them because it's where they feel most like themselves and can show up most like themselves. Right. And there's also, uh, I guess, a couple other factors, at least in my mind. For social media, uh, obviously, there's the, the, the privacy concerns that everyone's that's in the news every day. So that's one factor. And the other factor with social media is that at the end of the day, they're not really your followers, right? They're, they're people who are using this platform like you who have chosen to follow you. But the platform itself at, at any time can completely change their algorithm. And that can change how many people see your content, how often uh, do you have to start paying now, uh, like advertising? So, do, so, at the, so in a sense, you're not truly in control of that audience. Whereas with an email list, it's pretty straightforward. They're on your email list or they're not. And, it's a, and you can send them emails or you don't send them emails and nothing really about that changes. So does that factor into your mind at all or, or, not, or is that not really a problem? Well, I definitely think that there is some truth to that. You know, I don't think that, you know, Facebook is going to up and leave us, um, you know, overnight or anything like that. But I do think that you you need to have a backup plan for sure. And so building an email list, whether or not you utilize it to its fullest capacity is still an excellent idea just for the sheer fact of security for your business. So that way you do have a backlog of, you know, your, again, your hottest, warmest leads, people that have opted in for a freebie um, or a free training of yours or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And so then that way you are able to reach out to them if, you know, (laughs) doomsday does come and Instagram and Facebook leave us. (laughs) Do you have, to transition a little bit, do you have any other kind of marketing tactics that you would think that would be useful for people to know about aside from, you know, blog, you should get on social media and you should have an email list. Is there anything specifically you want to dive into any of those or is there something else you'd like to mention? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I was talking about beta launches as like the first thing that you should do. I think that's like before anybody goes out and does a major launch of a membership site or literally any other offer that they have in their business, um, you know, a beta launch is first and foremost what you should do just for the sheer fact of figuring out if your offer is worth putting money behind, right? Putting in the ad spend and the work of creating, you know, all of the the giant launch strategies that we can create in sales funnels and yada, yada, yada. So I think you do that first. Then I think that something else that's a 
you is a definite needed thing to do is a live launch. And so that is where, I mean, there's so many different working pieces that go into a live launch and there's so many different ways in which you can do it. But, you know, bare bones, bare minimum for a live launch would definitely be some sort of a tripwire or a freebie, right? That you're pushing out usually via ad spend. Um, so whatever that means to you, that can be Google, that could be Facebook, that could be on Pinterest. There's so many different places that you can put, you know, some ad spend behind a, um, what's the word that I'm looking for here, behind the, you know, trying to get that tripwire out in front of people. And then you want that tripwire to funnel into an email sequence, you know, something that helps those new cold leads get to know you, get to know your business, get to know other free content that you have that then leads them down this kind of like rabbit hole of finding what your other free content is that will directly sell whatever your offer is at the end. So usually that is something in the form of like a webinar or maybe you have a free course that, you know, at the end of your free course, you are pitching the, you know, whatever your paid offer is at the end. But usually that's kind of what it looks like. It's tripwire, email sequence that then leads into another piece of free content that sells your thing. Right. So let's say somebody is super budget constrained, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they really don't have any money for ad spend. Do you think that's an absolutely critical part of this? Or is there a way to do this without buying ads? Oh, there's absolutely ways you can do it without buying ads. Ads is definitely going to be the way that you can get out to the most amount of people the quickest, right? Um, but if you do have budget constraints, then there's tons of ways that you can get in front of new and cold audiences. This is where we look at collaborations, joint ventures, um, giveaways, you know, something where you are able to get in front of somebody else's audience. And, you know, you want to make sure that that person's audience is also a dream customer of yours as well. Um, but, you know, you can do like joint venture webinars where you're kind of like helping them with their webinar. You can do giveaways where you are asking people to tag their friends and, you know, hoping that that kind of goes viral a little bit by, you know, each person that tags, then they have people that tag and, you know, it kind of goes down that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you just kind of have to get creative and think about how you can take a piece of content and kind of tag on that virality factor. And when I say viral, I mean, that could that could mean anything to anyone. You know, that could mean, you know, shared across millions of different um, news channels, or that could mean, you know, you got those 10 people to share it. And that's amazing for your business too. It's all relevant. Um, but, but yeah, there's definitely creative ways that we can get you out in front of new people. Right. Okay. So here's a fun one for you. Mm -hmm. what, what have you tried that has not worked? So it's actually funny that you bring that up because it's whenever I have launched without a beta round, it hasn't worked. And what I mean by that is I usually launch to people that aren't as enthused. You know, I am, we talked earlier about conversion rates to a cold versus a warm audience. And when I do a launch without a beta round first and without getting that first initial like group of people in that are so excited that are able to give me feedback and make that thing really awesome before I launch it out to the public. It usually fizzles out way faster when I don't do that. 
So if, if you knew, if you know that, why have you launched without a beta before? Well, now I don't, <laughs> um, you know, it was kind of those trial and error phases of business where you're trying to figure out what was it that actually worked, what didn't. And, you know, after going through a couple of rounds and realizing like, okay, every time that I don't beta launch, something isn't right here. Um, that's when I just finally decided like, nope, we're just going to always do a beta launch for something new first. Right. And I think it's important to note that for, for you, when you're talking about a beta launch and for people listening, the, the, one of the key here is, is that you are charging money, right? So it, it, it's different than doing a free or asking friends, hey, check this out, give me your feedback. That type of feedback generally is not going to be helpful because your friends, your family usually are not your customers. And so the feedback they give you um, can sometimes at worst be, you know, misleading and completely wrong or completely off base. And if, if you then pivot or change parts of the business based on that feedback, you're actually going down the completely wrong road. Whereas if you do what you know you're suggesting, which is launch it, maybe at a discount, you know, probably at a discount, and get feedback from your warmest leads and then kind of shape and, and and edit things to to make it better. That's a much uh, more structured and and successful path because you're getting feedback from real people that are paying you money that aren't just friends that are trying to make you feel good, which is very important, I think, for people to note. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there have definitely been times, you know, when I was first starting my business, when I was just trying to get in testimonials. And so I offered things for free and hoping that maybe one of those people that I would offer a free strategy session to would maybe turn into an actual paying customer. And a hundred percent of the time it didn't happen. Um, you know, there's a different type of audience member for that's going to pay versus that is always going to take the free and DIY route. And that's okay. We all have them in every single one of our audiences. And so you kind of use the beta launch with having, you know, them pay you as filtering out the ones that, that are actually your people and your dreamiest of customers. Right. Cool. So let's leave it there. Uh, Alex, if you could let everybody know uh, where they can go to learn more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys can head over to ladyandcompany.com and that's kind of where you can just learn all the things about me. If you want to check out my free um, my free training all about the dream customers, you can head on over to ladyandcompany.com slash crash course. Awesome. Thanks for spending time with us, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. This episode has been brought to you by MemberSpace membership software anyone can use to easily turn their existing website into a membership business. You can learn more by visiting memberspace.com.